0: Verse 17, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hill, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Keep your Bible open. We're going to look extensively through the book of Revelation, but keep your Bible open there for the meantime. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all who you have brought out this evening. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Lord, that all who would be here would hear your word, would be challenged and would be awakened unto the days that we live in and that which is coming upon the earth and our nation. We pray, O God, that you would speak to hearts this evening. And if there's one or some here that does not know your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as their own Lord and personal Savior, we ask you, Father, that you would speak through thy word and let them have the urgency and the calling of the Spirit, they need to be born again, saved by sovereign grace and washed in the blood of the Lamb. We thank you and we praise you. We worship you and we adore you. And now, Father, we pray you would settle us, Lord, to hear and receive thy word. For Jesus' name'sake, we pray and ask it. Amen. In verse 17, we have the seventh angel. This seventh angel has yet to be, but I believe that it is soon to come. It is yet to be, but it is soon to come. Notice, the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Now the seventh angel is mentioned throughout the book of Revelation and every place that the seventh angel is pointed out to us in the book of Revelation there's always something cataclysmic that has happened or about to happen. An epoch of time is going to happen when the seventh angel has been mentioned. Last week we looked extensively at chapter 16 and verse 12, where there was the sixth angel. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. John seen this vision. Remember, the book of Revelation is written in AD 95 and 96. And at the beginning of the book of Revelation, John is told to write it down. For the time is at hand. In other words, from here on it will be fulfilled. Note this in chapter 16 and verse 12. The sixth angel. I believe we have passed it 100 years ago. We know that the great river Euphrates was the Ottoman Empire of the people who populated around that fertile crescent. And we looked extensively last week. We can't go into it again. At The evidence for it and how it dried up, the river dried up, not physically the water dried up, but that the river in the populations dried up. And of course, that was to prepare the way for the kings of the east. And we looked last week at China. We also mentioned Korea and Vietnam and we have all of the eastern countries. The rising of the sun is where it means the the kings from the rising in the east of the sun. We looked at it extensively. We looked at how, how even nowadays in the days of known as COVID. We looked at how uh, the Wuhan laboratories and are rising up. China is, has released or it has been mistakenly released. Either way there has been a biochemical weapon known as COVID-19 released into the air. We showed you uh, proof of that last week. Of course, now we are looking now at the seventh angel, the seventh angel. So between the sixth and the seventh angel, verse 13 says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Then we are told what these spirits are like what they are, what type of spirit they are in verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Then the Lord Jesus warns us, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. This is the valley of Esdraelon, and we talked about that last week also. Now, we are somewhere before the seventh angel. We are living in the days that are perilous times, Paul spoke of. We are living before the outpouring of the vial of the seventh angel. The six angels which go before all pour their vials out either on the land or on the sea or in the rivers and so on. But the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. It was airborne. I believe we are living around these times and the Lord has warned us that we must be ready for his coming, that we must be saved. For the coming of the Lord. These three unclean spirits, like frogs, are the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. And we see in our nations, in the, in the world today, all of the lobbyist groups that gather together. And I can't help but wonder: Is the Lord actually gathering them, even though they are from different lobbyist groups across the nation? Is the Lord gathering them together? like bundles when he'll send forth the angels in the time of harvest. Think about this. What do they all have in common? They have communist, atheist, Marxist ideologies in common. And so the man and the woman unsaved and still with this ideology will be bundled together with every other Christ rejector. The three unclean spirits like frogs is told the, the the dragon, the beast and the false prophet. First of all, the dragon is symbolised as the devil himself. The dragon is atheistic communism, humanism, Marxism and such alike. The beast is the world economic forums. The beast is the word economic system. And the beast has a woman, a whore, who rides it, which is Romanism. And, of course, every other apostate, Protestantism, together. Here we find there are those who are in Protestant denominations and other places and churches and call themselves Protestant protestant, but they do not preach the gospel of saving grace. They deny the virgin birth, some of them, and they also deny that Christ is the only way, and so they're also bringing in false teaching and false doctrine into the church, and men and women are living with the soft, soaping, easy, slippery, greasy, greasy gospel that they can come to heaven whatever way they like when the Bible says a man and a woman must be born again. There are preachers all over this province and all through the United Kingdom who are trying to do everything, everything through different means and methods, everything through programs and everything else to try and duplicate and replicate and replace the Holy Spirit of God. They'll do anything to get them in. They'll do anything to get people on seats. They'll do anything to keep you coming, and they'll feed the flesh rather than preach the word. Preach the word with boldness, and they're afraid. Yes, now there's an ecumenical move on. Even churches not so far from here are gathering together with Romanism. And the papacy is gathering all the religions of the world together. All a simple Google will do. And there you will see there are those from Judaism. And there are those from Pentecostalism. And there are those from Islam. And there are those from the Coptic Church. There are those from the Orthodox there are those from all manner of churches, of Presbyterian and of Baptist, and there are those of Anglican, and they're all now worshiping together in unity with the one world religion. But that one world religion is a spirit of devils. We worship the living God. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ, who has been made known to us and revealed in us, through the Scriptures, by the Holy Ghost, and we have been to the fountain at Calvary. We're washed in the blood, brothers and sisters, and I trust you are washed in the blood this evening too. Then the false prophet speaks for himself. Many have said the false prophet throughout the years was the papacy. I beg to differ. I believe the false prophet has become ever more prevalent In the last 50 years. And that is Islamic faith itself. From the prophet Muhammad. Here's a little scripture for you to note. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 26. The Lord Jesus said these words. Wherefore if they shall say unto you. Behold he is in the desert. Now take note. Behold he is in the desert. Go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. If he's in the desert, don't go out. Don't go out to him. If he's in the secret chambers, don't believe him. Don't follow him. And the papacy, or the pope is, is picked among the cardinals in Rome in a secret chamber, locked, and no one can come in nor go out until the smoke burns and says that a new pope has been put in place for the Roman Catholic Church. The secret chambers, believe it or not, Jesus warned of these things. Who's in the desert? But Muhammad was in the desert. Muhammad was in the desert and says he saw visions. And there the angel Gabriel was allegedly meant to give him visions of God. But rather, Revelation chapter 9 tells us of it in signified, as John is told in Revelation, or signified, codified form. And there, there is a star falls from heaven. And the star is Satan himself, falls from heaven to the bottomless pit, smoke arises, as it were, the visions. And there in the desert it happens. And it is the devil called Abaddon and Apollyon. And that is the visions that Muhammad did see. So, brothers and sisters, you and I, in the days that we are living in, we're living in the coming of those days, or maybe we are in it, only time will tell, of the seventh angel with the seventh vial who poured his vial into the air. These viruses, so-called, are biochemical weapons. Whatever it is, they are poured into the air. And this is the last time, the last angel with the last vial before the great fall of Babylon. And Babylon comes crashing down, and Christ comes victorious to rule and to reign in Jerusalem. Only the saved, only the blood-washed, only the blood-bought, only they who are Christ's at His coming will be His and will be with Him. And I ask you this evening, are you Christ's? Are you saved? Are you bought with the blood of Jesus? Are you born again of the Spirit? And are you sealed with the Holy Ghost under the day of redemption? Brothers and sisters, we trust this evening, there's none will leave this place tonight who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says after he had spoke those words. Matthew 24 and verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. I don't want to stand on people's toes. And I have friends like this, so if they hear it, don't bother arguing with me because I can't be bothered. They believe Jesus came in AD 70. They believe that Jesus came and nothing else is to be done. There's no fulfillment of prophecy, and Jesus came. So secret was this coming then in AD 70 is that Jesus said when he does return, that as the lightning comes out of the east and shines across to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. When Jesus comes, you won't miss it. You will know it, for you will see it. Christ is coming. And Christ, I believe, is coming soon. Listen to what Charles Haddon Spurgeon, that great baptist pastor preached i'm glad i wrote this down because pastor george is over there a baptist pastor are you here taking notes or are you here to check me up what are you doing he's either taking notes or he's marking me i've another one over there he's not a baptist pastor tom quinn's over there as well what are you doing as well Take note, Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, Christ's coming will be sudden, startling, universally visible, and terrifying to the ungodly. Terrifying to the ungodly. So in Revelation 16 and verse 14, it says, Which go forth unto the kings of the earth, and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Do you know what this tells me when I read this? Here's what I have wrote just in the fly leaf there of my Bible where it says in verse 14, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. I put a little arrow to it and I wrote, God wins. God wins. It's His battle. It's Christ's day. They've already crucified Him. And He rose again the third day. And He's coming not to be crucified again. Not as the Lamb of God again. He's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah again. And He's coming to rule and to reign again. God wins. What side are you on? What side are you on? Take note. The Savior's warning was, Behold, I come as a thief. Revelation chapter 3, if you will turn with me, please. Revelation chapter 3. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says to the church in Pergamos in verse 12. And to the angel, the church in Pergamos write these things, saith, he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. Pardon me, I'm at the wrong place. <laughs> Let us see. pardon me. And verse 11, 3 and verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. In other words, there's a persevering to go on. There's a striving for the Christian. A perseverance The perseverance of the saints is the preservation of the Holy Ghost. In other words, if the Spirit's in you, in your darkest, hardest, most dreariest times, you will persevere. You'll persevere, saint, right to the end, because it's the preservation of the Spirit who is in you. Notice Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast that thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 43, the Lord Jesus said to the Jewish Pharisees, now listen to his words, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you. He unchurched the Jews, one old Puritan said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. That nation was the scattered house of Israel, bringing forth the fruits unto God. And now coming to the last days, Christ will come again, and His feet on that day will stand upon the Mount of Olives. Take note. When Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. When Jesus says in Revelation 16 and 15, Behold, I come as a thief. He's not saying he's coming secretly, but quickly. Not quickly as in soon, but quickly as in suddenly. He didn't say, I'm coming In a few years, I've already been. Remember the book of Revelation was written in AD 95-96. The temple in Jerusalem was torn down by by the Roman soldiers and the city was sacked in AD 70. 15 to 16 years has passed. And so Jesus is saying, not I've already come. What Jesus is saying is this, I'm coming. Not today, but when I do come, I will come quickly. And should he come quickly, are you ready? Should he come quickly, are you ready? Are you saved? Revelation chapter 22 and verse 7. The Lord Jesus again at the end of the book of Revelation says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. See him again. This in short is saying that Christ is coming. And those who are redeemed, saved, blood washed and blood bought are to be up and doing Notice, if you're saved and blood-washed and blood-bought, you're to be up and doing, up and serving, overcoming. We say, well, I'm overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Yes, that's true. Overcoming Satan and sin. Yes, that's true. But they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb. Listen, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And sadly and tragically, the church is falling into disrepair. And the coming of the Lord is ever at hand. He's coming, first of all, for His own, the redeemed and the blood washed, who are up and doing the overcoming saints of God. My brothers and sisters, in the day in which we live, the communist, Marxist, liberal, leftist, godless, lobbyist, woke society which is funded by those who are Jews who say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan according to the Lord Jesus Christ. Funded by the Soros and the the Bilderbergers and and the Rothschilds and the so on. All from a a Jewish alleged background and they say they are Judahites and they are not but Edomites more than anything else and are from the synagogue of Satan according to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, those who say they are Jews are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Listen, i.e. the elitists, the globalists, the banking cartels and families, the one world government trying to build a new world order, a revived Roman empire, the other antichrist spirits of devils, they looked apart, they sound apart to humanist thinking. To humanist thinking. The BLM, the Black Lives Matter. Of course Black Lives Matter. But every life matters. And those who are in charge of BLM, they are out and out Marxists from their own words. They have been trained in communism. And what they're doing, they're setting race against race and people against people. And they are splitting the nation. It's a communist ideology. It's a new world order, one world government ideology. Do you know what it means, what they say? Out of chaos, order. In other words, they create chaos. And look at us, how good we are. We're going to bring order and love with everyone when really they've caused the chaos. Antifa is the same. Antifa is the same. Notice here, they are Antichrist spirits. They're spirits of devils. And they look the part. And it all sounds good. And it all seems good. But they're too familiar because it's all of a familiar spirit. All of the philosophies promoted and forced into our Christian society by the enemies of Christ, can be summarized in and have been cloaked by the supposed ideals. Guess where from? The French Revolution. Stay with me to approve this. In fact, I believe if you go to Revelation 16 when you go home and read the first angel, I believe that was the outpouring upon Europe at the French Revolution. I can teach you that, but that's something else. Notice this. The French Revolution had a slogan. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. It's still France's motto today. It means freedom and equality. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Brotherhood. Britain was soon to be uh, entrenched with a French Revolution style, and John Wesley, the great Methodist minister, with his brother Charles John preaching, Charles writing the great hymns they went up and down and horseback the length of the country preaching And they were kicked out of churches. No one wanted to listen to the sanctification preaching of John Wesley. Kicked out of churches, kicked out of towns, kicked out of villages. They they actually went into a field and, and there, John Wesley, he preached in a field and somebody let a bull loose on him. They hated the man. But the man was raised up by God because the salvation of thousands of souls turned men and women who had been duped by this anti-Christ revolutionary spirit. And there they were saved by sovereign grace. And there they were washed in the blood. And England on a turnaround from a French-style revolution, and God had received the glory. Brothers and sisters, what does Ulster need? What does the United Kingdom need? What does Ireland need? Ireland needs a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in this church. Listen, you want revival? It doesn't start out there. It starts in you. And it starts in me. It starts when we stand up, stand up for Jesus. It starts when you and I get the grips with the Word of God. When you and I get into the place of prayer and deem it fit to be at our place of worship and fellowship and outreach to make sure that men and women without fear or favor hear the unsearchable riches of Christ and are saved by grace through faith in Him and washed in the blood of the Lamb. That is Revival. Starts in the church, but listen, the church is dying. It's dead. Dead. It's merely dead because they've been listening to dead, lifeless preaching. There, there, they're, preaching. Oh, poor, poor you preaching. And the Christian has become so sissified mamby-pambied, soft. Many preachers have a backbone like a wet noodle, a, a spine carved out of soft banana, and they're afraid to take their stand for Christ. Take note. These are all fine, these things, all these systems. When this godless approach and Antichrist spirit claims, reality claims, in your life and mine, in the church life, when this godless Antichrist spirit claims that which is Christ's, it's time to say no. No. Yes, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but unto God the things that are God's. Take note, brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me in Revelation 22 and verse 12. Notice Revelation 22 verse 12. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Now, we want to look, what does this mean? My reward is with me. In Isaiah 40, if you want to flick to it with me. Isaiah 40, and let your eye run down to verse 10, just for time's sake. Listen to what Jehovah Yahweh God says to his people, Israel. He says in 40 and 10, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. His arm is the person of Christ. Shall rule for him. Christ is coming to rule. Behold, notice, his reward is with him and his work before him. And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Notice here, the Lord says, his arm The Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, the mighty arm of the Lord made bare will come. And he will rule. The Lord Jesus Christ will rule. And his reward, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son's reward is with him. And in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, the Lord Jesus says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. And my reward is with me. Oh, to that day. When the saints of God will stand before him, I wonder, will we be embarrassed before him because of our lack of service and faithfulness? Or will we receive reward at the Bema seat of Christ? Someone once prayed, Lord, on that day there will be many beamers at the Bema. Beamers at the Bema. In Isaiah 62 and verse 11, the same again. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Here again it is mentioned twice, a double mention. A witness of the coming of Christ. By the way, behold, thy salvation cometh. The word salvation is the word Yeshua, And it's the exact same word as yeshua. Yeshua is the name for Jesus. Behold, Jesus is coming and his reward is with him. So now we must go back and look quickly at the seventh angel, the days of the seventh angel. That's my introduction and the days of the seventh angel. I try not to be as long as it was last week. I think, I think there's some still tune on what I said last week It's going to take them a while to get through it. So I don't want to go too complicated. Don't worry, there's no big numbers and all tonight, really. In Revelation 16 and verse 17, the angel poured out his vial into the air. Now the number seven in Scripture means perfection and completeness. Perfection and completeness. The number seven is used 735 times in Scripture. 735 times. That is in the proper translation of the Scriptures. And if we include how many times sevenfold and seventh is used, then 860 references are used for the number seven. The book of Revelation, for example, seven is mentioned 54 times. 54 times. We have the examples of our seven churches... Seven angels to the seven churches. There are seven stars, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven plagues, seven spirits of God, God, and seven lampstands and so on. So seven is prevalent right through the book of Revelation. So notice the first one, the first days of the seventh angel. <clears throat> In Scripture, it is given to note, as I said, the number seven, given to denote perfection and completeness. For example, if you'll turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. While you are, I'll get a drink. Revelation chapter 1. Just let your eye run down, if you will, please. To verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are seven churches. So from Revelation chapter 2 into Revelation chapter 3, there are seven churches named. So they are seven literal churches in Asia Minor, excuse me, in Asia Minor. But they are also seven church prophetic ages. The first church was Ephesus. And then we have Smyrna, and I mistakenly read too quickly, Pergamos, and Thyatira, and Sardis, and Philadelphia, on Laodicea. The first church, Ephesus, was the church when, uh, the Lord Jesus had risen and sent forth His Spirit and the apostles preached and we have the apostle Paul and the Ephesian letter and so on. The early, early church. And they were a church who then were, uh, they, they were very fervent, but they started losing their love for Christ, because they became second and third generation by the time this was written. And the Lord says, I have somewhat against you, you've left your first love. We can't go through them all. Then we had Smyrna, which we bring us to another period of time. And the things which happened that are written in uh, the, to the, the letter to the Smyrna church happened in time. And then we have, again, we have the Pergamos, and then later again, Thyatira. Then later again, we have the church of Sardis, all been through time. And then we have the church of Philadelphia, which is the church of brotherly love. Thyatira, we looked at it a few weeks ago, is uh, the church that is ruled by a woman, Jezebel. This is the time of the papal church. And then we have Sardis, the time of the Reformation church. And then we have Philadelphia, is the time of the Wesleys and The Whitfields. We have the great missionary endeavors. The kingdom fruit that we spoke of earlier on. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you. And given to a nation. Bringing forth the fruits of being. Our nation. Which was the great evangelistic discourse around the world. And then we have the last church. is the seventh church. The church of Laodicea. And this church... It's the church before Jesus comes again. It's the church age before Christ returns. Now take note of this. We are living in the Laodicean church age. And Jesus said to the Laodicean church, he says that they were neither hot nor cold and they made him sick. Revelation 3, please. Revelation 3. Now remember, the seventh angel was through the seventh church. The seventh church is the last church age in which we live today. We're living it. The seventh angel, seventh church, seventh church age, we're in it today. Now take note here, Revelation chapter 3, please. Verse 13. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Notice that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Jesus says this church age makes him sick. You know why? People think neither cold nor hot means well. If I'm lukewarm, I'm doing all right, aren't I? No, you're not. It means refreshingly cold. Refreshingly cold. There was a river round down, and it was it was uh, there was a, a gully that they brought the water in. What's the word I'm looking for? The gully. Anyway, they brought the water. And by the time it came from the mountain, it was cold and refreshing. By the time it got through the city, it was lukewarm and no one could really drink it. Neither was it warm enough to be any of use to bathe in. Jesus, looking at this, he says, See this water, your spirituality, last time, end time, church, this is what you're like to me. And if I was to drink that water, he says, I would spew it out of my mouth. Church, because we're in the Laodicean church age, it doesn't mean to say that we, whether you're Kilkeel Baptist Church, whether you're a Maranatha Church, whether you're CET Church, it does not mean to say we have to live like a Laodicean saint. We are to overcome and occupy until he comes. Now take note of this. In chapter 3 and verse 20, here's what the Lord says to the end time church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Far be it for the Lord to be standing outside the door of CET. Let me in. If you hear my voice, and open the door. I will come into you and I will sup with you. Fellowship with you. Far be it for it to happen. For this is the days of the seventh angel of the seventh church age and you and I are living it. And it's the last church age before Christ returns. Will you turn with me, second, seventh, days of the seventh angel. Revelation chapter 10, please. I'll teach on these some other time more in depth. This is just fleeting across this. Revelation chapter 9 is the rise of the Islamic empire. Revelation chapter 10. We're going to look at it for a few moments here. Revelation chapter 10, please. Verse 1, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head, and his face as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. So the Lord, see, uh, John sees this angel, one foot on the sea, one foot on the earth, a little open book in one hand, And I'm pointing to heaven with the other. What on earth does that mean? This angel, not that Christ is an angel now. He's not a created being, but he is God eternal. But this angel symbolizes the Lord Jesus Christ. The little book open. Let's read about this for a few moments. Revelation 10, please, and verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, take note, when he shall begin to sound, The mystery of God. Now take note of this. The mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. Verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Verse 9. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book and he said unto me, take it and eat it up. Eat the book. Didn't say to read it. He said, take it and eat it. One foot on the earth. One foot in the sea. One hand to heaven. Another little book. This little book came from heaven. This little book is a book which we must take to self. Take it, he says. And this little book must be eaten. This little book was opened and this little book is still opened. If you want to know what the little book is, there's it there. It's your Bible. It's the Word of God. And this then shows in prophecy the Protestant Reformation when Martin Luther cried, The just shall live by faith. Here the little book open. The Word of God which came from heaven. This book you have, brother and sister. This book is the mind of God to the mind of man. When I read this, I'm reading the mind of God to the mind of man. The mind of God to you and I this evening and hear this angel with the mind of God gives a little book and this little book was translated and has been the best seller the best selling book forget your Harry Potters I hope you don't read it Christian and all that rubbish and nonsense this book This Bible was birthed by God out of the Reformation. Revelation 10 is the period of Reformation. The seventh angel, the epoch of the seventh angel in Laodicea was the last time church. The epoch of Revelation chapter 10 was the Bible given to us. This is the book that changed the world. This is the book that tells us so much. For example, and I'm just going to have to run through some of these quickly because I I jotted them down. But in verse 7 of chapter 10, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, notice the mystery of God, he begins to sound it. What does it mean he begins to sound the mystery of God? Did you know that the Bible was written in Latin and the poor couldn't read it? And the priests had a chain to the pulpit that they couldn't take at home. And when the Reformation came, the book was translated, the book was opened, and the book was spread, and the book was shared. It began to happen. And what will we see in the book? In this book tells us all the mysteries of God. For example, in Mark 4 and 11, the Lord Jesus talks of the mystery of the kingdom of God. If you go home, read 1 Kings 11 and 1 Kings 12, you'll read of the the Old Testament kings, the prophecy, the New Testament parables, the two houses of Israel. You go, that's the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. For example, they become known through Scripture as two two sisters, two sticks. They're in the New Testament parables as two sons. They are the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man was the Jews and Lazarus was the house of Israel, divorced and scattered. They're known right throughout the scripture and people don't see it. I have done a series on that, but it's only an audio if you want to go online and look at it. So the kingdom of God was known through this. Romans 16 and 25 speaks of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. 1 Corinthians 2 and 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which was ordained before the world unto our glory. And what Paul's speaking about in these is, this is the unfolding of the treasures, of the knowledge, of the hidden things of God that happened in eternity before the Word was made flesh. See, Jesus is the Spirit Word. He became the flesh word. We now have the written word. And when he comes back again, he's going to be the ruling word. Notice here in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He's speaking to the saints, he's speaking to the bloodbot. The blood washed. He's speaking the act of God. And he's saying look. We're not all going to die. There's going to be men and women alive. When Christ returns. There's going to be Christians alive. There's going to be Christians serving. There's going to be Christians watching. And waiting. And praying. When Christ returns. Listen brothers and sisters. I am not waiting for. And I am not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. When Christ returns. But should I. Go to the grave. Should I close my eyes in this world? I know that I'm born again. And I know I'm saved. And I know I'm washed and forgiven. Blood washed and blood bought. I know that I belong to Christ. Take note. This was to do with resurrection and the changing of the bodies. Ephesians 1 and 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Ephesians 3 and 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, Paul says. Ephesians 3 and 4 speaks of the mystery of Christ. Ephesians 3 and 9, he says, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. And then in Ephesians 6 and 19, he speaks of the mystery of the gospel. What is the mystery of the gospel? That God became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That he shed his blood for us. That he paid the debt for us. And that he went all the way for us. And that he's coming back for us again who are washed in the blood. The mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the kingdom. And we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. Of course, in Second Thessalonians two and seven, he speaks of the mystery of iniquity. He says the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That was in his day, Paul's day, and he was thinking of the the Caesars in Rome. They called themselves Pontifax Maximus, the bridge builder, and, and they they were bequeathed that title by a man. Uh, in in Pergamos Attalus the third he was known as and he had all the mystery religions of Babylon and there when he was dying he bequeathed them to the Caesars in Rome and they took on this title which he had Jesus is saying to one of the churches of Pergamos I'll not go back to it now it's too late what does Jesus say? "Under the church at Pergamos I know where Satan's seat is I know where Satan's seat is. And it was bequeathed to the Roman Empire and to the Caesars of Rome. And then there was a beast had a deadly wound and the beast rose up again. Pagan Rome died and papal Rome then arose. Brothers and sisters, this is the mystery of iniquity which Paul said doth already work in his day. In Ephesians, pardon me, in First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 9, he speaks of the mystery of the faith. First Timothy 3 and 16, the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, he says. In Revelation 17 and 5, is mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, abominations of the world. This godless world we live in, This godless empire the devil's trying to build through men and women. I can tell you something. I want to see Israel marching. I want to hear the trumpet call. I want to see Zion's mountain. I want to see great Babylon fall. I want to see Jesus reigning on King David's royal throne. And won't that be a glorious sight to see when Israel comes marching home? Oh, he's coming again. He's coming again. Brothers and sisters, I must rush the close. The third days of the seventh angel is found in Revelation 11 and verse 15. Verse 15. This is glorious. For the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This coincides with Revelation 19 when we see the Lord Jesus returning. So we have Revelation 16, the drying up of the river Euphrates, the Ottoman Empire collapsing, the spirits of communism in 1917, of Marxism, all starting to gush forth and to build an empire across the world. And as I said, you don't need to go to China and you don't need to go to Russia or Vietnam or North Korea or wherever else. You don't have to go there to find communism. It's in our land. It's in Stormont. Listen, do you ever wonder why all these political parties are all now coming together? Think about it. They're all jumping on the abortion bandwagon, and maybe one is for Irish language, but the other one is for abortion. And then you have, whether well, it's the Shinners, or it's the SDLP, or the Alliance Party, or, do you ever wonder why they're all jumping on the same wagon together to support one another? Because it's Marxism, and communism, and socialism, through and through. It's the spirit of the art, of the age. That's why. That's why even now we're finding that they're promoting, they're promoting the, the, the same-sex marriage. That's why they're not only promoting it, but they're drawing up laws for it. Everything that's against the Word of God, everything that's not in the Word of God, everything that's anti-Christ, they are doing. And Oscar needs to waken up. We all need to waken up. Did you know, Justice, last day or two, Benjamin Netanyahu in Jerusalem, he says, and he's promoting to inject every child with a microchip. And they can tell where they've been, who they've been with, and who they played with, what times at, everything. Did you know that although the word tells us of the fig tree being the Jews being in Jerusalem at this time, did you know that there was the Rothschilds who actually put the the Jews back in Israel, opened the way? Did you know that? You see, the devil thinks he's a way ahead of us, doesn't he? And he thought he was doing that, but God already said it was going to be there anyway. I'm going to have to race here because time's slow. Thank you for your attention. So, Revelation 11. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And then in Revelation 19, is the coming of Christ. So, it seems as though He's come. And then Revelation 19 again. For example, Revelation 11. The kingdoms of this world is a proclamation of the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ, at this present moment in time, he is the head of the church. No other head. He is the King of Kings. So he is, but when he actually returns in Revelation 19, when he comes again, He will have on his vesture, Revelation 19 and verse 16, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. The last is where we started then. Revelation 16 and verse 17. And the angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came out a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. It is done. Would you say it is done? done. Would you say it loud? In Revelation 21 and verse 6, it says these words, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Notice, it is done. And in Revelation 22 and verse 6 it says, And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things, listen, this is in Revelation 22, the things which must shortly come to pass. Now AD 70 is gone, so it can't be as already passed as we said. But neither is it thousands of years in the future, most shortly to come to pass. Daniel is the book end, the to toe to close the book. In Revelation he says, open the book for the things are at hand. So the angel who poured out his vial into the air and cried, it is done. These it is done is in the same tense in John 19 and 30 when the Lord Jesus Christ hung on the cross and bled for you and he cried it is finished it's the same tense our sins were pet and foot the seventh angel with the seventh vial look at Revelation 16 and we'll stop here The seventh angel poured out his er- vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the fo- throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake. Such was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. And the city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. Notice, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give, un- to give unto her the cup of the wine, Of the fierceness of his wrath. This is Jesus we're talking about. No gentle Jesus making mild. Lovey-dovey. He loves everybody and everything. And he'll be alright with whoever you are and the way you live. And you're still going to get into heaven. Do you know that Jesus everybody has the idol of? That's what he is, an idol. This is Jesus here. The fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Here's the thing. This final war with this angel, first of all, it's spiritual. I'll write it down. I haven't time to go through it. Verse 13. It's spiritual. It's global. Verse 14. It's physical, verse 16. It's powerful in verse 20 and this aerial, verses 17 and 21. Notice the great city, Babylon, was divided into three. There's the beast, the dragon, and the false prophet, all Babylon. But now the city is divided into three. If you read on chapters 17 and 18, it speaks of Babylon coming down, ecclesiastical Babylon, every foul and false religious spirit, governmental or political Babylon, and then commercial Babylon, every one of them coming down. Verse chapter 17 and 18, chapter 19, heaven is opened, and there's one comes on a white charger. And his name is called the Word of God. The King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. Do you know the Old Testament prophet Zechariah tells us? There's going to come a time when men's holes will burn in their sockets. Their eyes will melt in their head. Has anybody ever heard of little boy and fat man? Anybody? You'll know what I mean when I tell you. Little boy on the 6th of August, 1945, was dropped in Hiroshima. Fat Man, on the 9th of August, 1945, was dropped in Nagasaki, in Japan. And it is estimated in three days up to a quarter of a million souls perished. Perished. To give you a little bit of a help what that is like, that is like one and a half times the whole population, one and a half times the whole population of the whole of County Armagh in three days. Armagh City, all the townlands, Rich Hill, Tandrigue, Portadown, Quake Avon, you can go on and on and on, snuffed out in three days. prophet says there's coming a time when this would happen this is in the Old Testament men's very sockets melting in their heads and I believe there's even greater grade weapons even more than the atomic ones that are greater than those than little boy and fat man whatever they are I don't know but I can tell you there's going to come a time when they're going to be released the nations are going to be convulsing again. They are convulsing. They're convulsing in society, but they will convulse even further one against another for the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And brothers and sisters, some of us may even be alive to see this happening. Already, China Russia, for years, have been doing the Shanghai Cooperation exercises, military together. They've now brought in all the stand countries over the last few years to do military operations with them too. And just this last year, funny, when everybody was in lockdown, just this last year, there have been saber rattling to the point where there was almost nuclear Armageddon between the United States of America and Russia. You ever wonder what you're missing when they're blinding your minds and your eyes with COVID every minute of the day? Do you ever think of what's behind it? Here's the thing. COVID or not, nuclear war or not, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. Religion won't save you. I don't care how big a prod you are, as they say. I don't care how hard you can beat a drum and how well you can play a flute. I don't care whether whether what you say you are or where you're from. It doesn't save you. None of it will save you. Only the blood of Jesus will save you. Well, wash you and cleanse you, you must be born again and saved. It doesn't matter why you're a Roman Catholic and you've been to Mass all your life. It doesn't matter if you've been through and you've had money, pen over money, hand over fist. To make sure your loved ones get out of a so-called Purgatory. It doesn't matter how many mass cards you have and all of these things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you've come to Christ Encounters Tabernacle. And it doesn't matter how many times you've been to church in your life. It doesn't matter how many times you've even read the Bible. Listen, John was told, he says, the Word came from heaven. He was told, take it, and you can take it. He says, but eat it. Take it in. And it's the entrance of the Word that giveth light. Are you saved and ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you born again? God bless you all this evening. I've taxed your minds for two weeks. I've taxed my own mind for two weeks. I think I'll maybe see well, we'll see how the Lord leads me next week. I'll maybe go a bit later. I don't know. When I say later I mean less taxing. But then if the Lord gives me something, I'll bring it anyway. Maybe do a series through Revelation sometime. And I'll show you it. Team, would you come up?